Geopolitics and Empire is joined by David Gosselin, who's a poet, editor of the Chained News, and host of Escaping the Brave New World podcast. We've spoken once before on TNT Radio, I believe, last year. I, uh, I enjoy your work. I subscribe to your uh, channels. And so, finally, welcome to the podcast, David. Thanks for having me. We're, we're going to be discussing your piece that went out to UK Column, and I think it's an important theme uh, I'm thinking about it nonstop. It's it's titled "Escaping Huxley's Island: Psychedelics, Scientific Paganism, and the Changing Images uh, of Man." And I'll just read. I, I think it's the first paragraph. It says, "In Aldo Huxley's final novel, Island, you know, everyone talks about Brave New World, but here you're talking about Island. The Guru of Ultimate Revolution and Predictive Programming presents a s- subtly different and more nuanced version of the original Soma culture depicted in in, in Brave New World." While Huxley's earlier novel presented a culture in which a magical drug called Soma was used to chemically regulate people's inner worlds to keep them happy, Huxley's last novel presents a more mature version in which the earlier system of psychochemical control evolves into a much subtler system of psycho-spiritual manipulation. And I think this is what we're living through right now. This is now being applied uh, to us. And so if you want to tell us more about uh, all of this. Yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, we're definitely one of the big themes in the article drawing from this Changing Images of Man document, which we can maybe uh, get a bit more into as as we go along. Uh, was pub- the document was published by the Stanford Research Institute, which I'd say is really one of these uh, Luciferian motherships, if we will, in terms of how we're repatterning uh, and reframing the images of man. And so here the issue is really how do we, uh, the, the world is going, they're saying the world is going through a transition. Well, their narrative is that we are going from an age of abundance, that mankind, Western civilization, uh, experienced this great boom after the Renaissance, uh, which is important. Uh, they, they single out the Renaissance as the key changing point, uh, the genie that has to be put back in the bottle. And their point was that after the Renaissance, you had an explosion of uh, curiosity and inquiry into the uh, real universe, right? And and science, technology, these things were flourishing uh, because you had a new uh, or a a further elaboration of the Judeo-Christian image of man. And where now, if every individual is the image of God, that means we each have uh, an ability to to know that God, right? To know that higher principle that governs the universe. And so with the Renaissance, there was a further leap in that direction. And we can talk about, you know, people will say different things about, uh, you know, the problems with that, you know, image of man in the image of God and how that can be perverted. But basically there was a lot of science and discovery and that led to progress. And that led to abundance where people came to associate progress in Western civilization with uh, scientific breakthroughs, technology, abundance. And so they're saying that's not sustainable. Uh, we need a new ecological ethic, which has to be based on a new scarcity. So this is from the 1970s, right? So we're hearing a lot about scarcity. And, you know, some people are wondering, like, is it a real scarcity? Is it an artificial scarcity? Uh, but that's the main problem that the bad guys are concerned with, if you will, which is that how do we reframe the image of man to to get away from this Western industrial civilization and go back to a more sustainable uh, time? And so they're offering a new image of man, which they model after the pagan uh, Greek image. And I, I just read one quote to give people a sense of what they actually sound like. Because I, I, I think what's interesting is, you know, we say the bad guys are are a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, there's good guys. And, you know, we know there's there's something more. There's a deeper truth. And yet, it seems like the bad guys are pretty well organized. Like, how come they're kind of winning or it feels like they're winning if we really know what's going on and there is a deeper good, right? If If there's a deeper good, how come these guys are thriving. So <clears throat> what do they actually sound like? The, the smarter Luciferians, let's say. I'll just read this. And, in contrast to the Greek notion of man, 
The Judeo-Christian view holds that man is essentially separate from the rightful master, rightful mastery over nature. This view inspired a sharp rate of increase in technological advances in Western Europe throughout the medieval period. On the other hand, the severe limitations of scholastic methodology and the restrictive views of the church prevented the formulation of an adequate scientific paradigm. It was not until the Renaissance brought a new climate of individualism and free inquiry that the necessary conditions for a new paradigm were provided. Interestingly, the Renaissance scholars turned to the Greeks to rediscover the empirical method. The Greeks possessed an objective science of things out there, which D. Campbell turns the epistemology of the other. This was the basic notion that nature was governed by laws and principles which could be discovered. And it was in that, it was this that the Renaissance scholars then developed into science as we have come to know it. That's the thing they say we need to stop, really. And so how do you do that, right? If we're bad guys, I think what's fun is putting ourselves in the, in the head of bad guys. And how are you going to subvert that deeply entrenched image that we all have, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, this is the crux of it. Um, and as you mentioned in your article, the, the cat's been let out of the bag or the genie out of the bottle. And now they're attempting to put it back uh, in, and you know it's it's that that image of brave new world where we are just content with comforts uh, and security and forget about all of these you know ideals, liberty and freedom and reaching you know tr transcendence and and reaching for higher potential. They basically want to turn us into uh, animals that they can manage. And I, I did want to just pull back for a moment because you mentioned. Um, maybe to get your thoughts on what you feel are some of the core nodes um, wh where these things are being hashed out. You mentioned the Stanford Research Institute. You also mentioned the SLN Institute and its human potential movement. Um, I've, I've heard of that. One of my guests on my program, Terry Wolf, up in Canada, he, he's mentioned it before. And so wh where would you say, and, you know, of course, there's the Club of Rome, right? There's Lutz's yeah. Trust, which is linked to the UN, the UN itself, right? World Economic Forum. For you, what are some of the core nodes? Well, I mean, I think those are definitely some and, you know, have a stock. I mean, the way I see it, it's an off, it's a slime mold, right? So it has banking, intelligence is the five eyes, right? Those are the intelligence tentacles, City of London, Wall Street. Uh, those are the banking. And then you have the psychological warfare nodes like Tavistock uh, and others, Stanford Research, all these behavioral science uh, departments, whether it's at MIT, Harvard, Princeton, uh, you know, UCLA, the in criminology and psychology departments at UCLA, that's really where uh, a lot of the, the philosophical and, and psychological sort of frameworks are developed. And so I would just say in terms of, I think, a key one for here, since, you know, Esalen, uh, we mentioned that is so how do you subvert? How do you subvert this image of man, this idea of progress? And so the proposal is to extend the scientific method into the, the realms of consciousness, right, and, and inner development. So the sleight of hand is that we need to emphasize a spiritual and inner development in people. And that's how they're going to progress. They're going, people can progress from different levels of consciousness. And so this is where they introduce, you know, parapsychology and all this different stuff, right? You know, it's not just, we think of like, it's, you know, it's not just your aunt with tarot cards. You know, there's a lot more, but the idea is to obscure science, not by trying to destroy it altogether, but to 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 pervert it by bringing in all sorts of more mystical things and centering it on inner development, spiritual development. You don't need all this material stuff, right? And so part of that is true, right? I think that's the key that we have to appreciate, but it's how it's being set. And I think if we if we can make the distinctions, we can see that the bad guys are, I mean, they can be beat. You know, I'm 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 a believer in saying the devil always overplays his hand. You know, they're clever and tricky, but at the end of the day, they're not, they're not dealing with the real thing, right? They're not dealing with the true nature of man.
they're dealing with this this artificial this beast like image of man that can just be patterned and repatterned which goes back to aristotle and the tabula rasa blank slate so there's no soul as such you can you can use the word but we're just really blank slates and people are just uh, reflexes and you can condition these reflexes and that's that's the that's the key if there's no soul right like where do ideas come from how, how does man know god or come to a deeper truth make scientific discoveries so they're they obscure that they're not going to say there's no soul altogether but actually they'll the pagan idea of man is that there's not one thing there's not just the soul there's no unitary conception of the soul there's many things you know and so like in homeric uh, times you have the menos right that's like your you have the psyche right you have all sorts of different uh, faculties and they work together and so people listen to different faculties and we're as russell would say uh, we're a bundle of perceptions Bertrand russell so there's no soul per se we're a bundle of perceptions and these things can always be repatterned and reframed enter the changing images of man yeah and and to get further into the philosophy and and as as you say you know they mix truth with lie i'm a big fan of minimalism and you know i you know myself as a christian i i just th thought that was an intuitive part of christianity as well it's not spelled out but you know i think minimalism you know give away your belongings not to have a lot of stuff uh and so as you say they're going to one extreme where uh you know minimal we go from minimalism to you're literally not going to own anything. You can't own the property. You can't have a car. You can't have pets. Don't have kids. You're not going to eat meat. You're going to eat bugs. I'm like, okay, we've we've really crossed the the Rubicon there. But something you 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 write about, you know, here's a quote. You say, um, I think you're quoting a Tim Leary. These brain drugs, mass produced in the laboratories, will bring about vast changes in society. This will happen with or without you or me. All we can do is spread the word. The obstacle to this evolution, Timothy, is is the Bible. Uh, so I guess it wasn't Leary, but uh, and th this makes me think of something that's very related. Uh, I used to be a a fan of you know Jazz Coleman and the Killing Joke, this sort of heavy metal, pretty you know occult band. I've seen them perform live twenty years ago in Chicago, and I got this close to having Jazz on on the podcast. He was in Mexico during uh, COVID. And he, he, in his own newsletters and words, he's said, he's come out and alluded to him being part of a Tavistock project. He said that when Killing Joke was formed in 1980, they were living in a band, uh, in, in a building in, in UK filled with Tavistock engineers. So he was, uh, admitting that music and, uh, you know, rock and roll, the whole scene, including what he was part of, was part of some Tavistock project. He says it in his own words. And in the newsletter, um, at another point, he says that the goal, he himself says that the goal is to eliminate Christianity, just like the quote in, in your article. So, you know, he is um, an occultist. Um, you might even say Luciferian the theosophist. And so it's, I just thought that's interesting. So getting deeper into what these, the, this philosophy that this, this occult elite, the globalists are, are, are pushing, if you want to tell us more about, you know, what is their philosophy? Um, it's obvious they, they, as you said, they want to get rid of the Judeo-Christian perspective. They say the obstacle is Christianity and then thoughts on that and then more of what they're trying to, uh, push. Yeah. And I, I would just say, cause I think it'll be useful as, uh, we go on the way I like to think about it. I think it's, is the idea of imitation versus the real thing. Right. And so the whole search for truth and a, a, a spiritual journey, I would say is the idea of removing illusions, right? And and getting to, you say you're a minimalist. I would say, I, I, I believe that when it comes to truth, especially that the truth is simple, right? It has no parts. And so the challenge is removing all those things that get in the way of the simple truth. And so there's a lot of details, but we want to get to the simple truth, right? And so what is the simple truth about what the get bad guys, we'll just call them, believe versus the real thing, right? And I, I think we can even, uh, Augustine makes the point that evil is not a thing in of itself. It's the absence of the good, really. So it's a perversion. And so evil is not 
really creative, not not in the genuine sense. It's it's imitative. It's clever, and the better it is, it specializes in creating illusions, things that look and sound like the real thing. So, if we're going on a philosophical and spiritual journey, um, especially into these you know subterranean recesses and all that, I think it's important that we we do be equipped with an uh, uh, a sense of the real thing in ourselves right having had the experience of removing our own illusions i think is is ultimately that's the first thing that we can all anchor ourselves to you know as long as we're in love with our own illusions we all have illusions you know we've all been there or whatnot but the way i say it, we shouldn't lie to ourselves and we should ultimately the spiritual work is about removing those and actually seeing what happens to us, how it changes us as we go through that process. Whereas the bad guys, I mean, it's all, it's all imitation and, and making them more real. So, I mean, I think in respect to what we're talking about in modern times and what you said about the Tavistock and, um, you know, the, these experiments, number one, you're, you're the second guy to, to mention that, I think, might, that specific case. Uh, with the rock star, Michael Parker, I believe I was on a show once he mentioned the same thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he might have, he, he might have gotten it from me, actually, okay. uh, I think, because I remember I had posted it and I've, I've, I'm friends with Mike. I'm, I met him in L.A. earlier this year and so forth. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the rock drug sex counterculture. Right. That's that's one imitation. Let's say we, we can explore that one uh, in all sorts of different ways. Right. Drugs altering people's realities, open, opening people up to new realities. Um, and ultimately, in the island, which I think is, it's it's definitely worth reading. This is Huxley's 30 years after Brave New World. So this is much more refined. And, you know, it's having seen that some of the things in the Brave New World uh, had to be reworked, you know, eugenics, World War II, like, we saw what happened with that. And people were kind of aghast. Right. So you have to go back to the drawing board, uh, you know, the 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 tyrants like Hitler and this kind of fascist top down boots on the ground dictatorship that wasn't going to work. And so the challenge became, how do you make uh, even better illusions? Right. And the ultimate one being the illusion that you've achieved your full actualized self-actualized transcendent self and the the drug, the, the not the soma but the moksha, which is the name of the drug in the island, the moksha that would give people the feeling. I think the feeling is key, right? It's all about feeling with this patterning and, and rewiring human beings. How do you get them to emote and feel with different images and things? And so the feeling of transcendence, right? The feeling of becoming self-actualized and enlightened. This is where psychedelics comes in. This is where the drugs really come in, and the, especially things like psilocybin, LSD, and all that, and DMT, uh, because they're 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 spiritual drugs, right? And if you want to create a new uh, mis religion of mystery cults, right, modeled on Rome, which is what we're seeing right now, like all the discussions of psychedelics from Joe Rogan to Joe Peter Jordan Peterson. Uh, if you see, I'm not saying they're all they're bad guys and they're all in on it. But we're being flooded, right, with this idea that psychedelics is a fast track or a shortcut to ascending. And so you can ascend and then you'll you'll know what really matters and you won't care about all these fake material things. Uh, so it's become a cult, right? And and Tim Dillon is is a great podcaster that I love. He's very funny. And he, he has some good polemics on that in that so everybody wants this fully self-actualized self right he says everybody's been sold this idea of a dream just follow your dream right and so you have people no family uh, no stable job nothing and just sort of pursuing this self-actualization cult and so you know what does it become it's what are, what are you going to do if you don't have a family right you don't have like a stable job and you don't really have a, a deeper spiritual uh, connection. Well, you go on DMT, open relationships, and uh, you play bongos, right? Like, what what are people doing these days, right? And the further they want to go, 
in their spiritual journey, well, there's a new psychedelic, right? There's not just one. If you listen to some of these podcasts, uh, I, I heard Mike Tyson, he was talking about how like he's done it so many times, but now there's like new ones. And so he's like going deeper into this spiritual realm by taking a new substance. And so you see the sleight of hand, right? Because it's people are being repatterned. They feel like they're transcending. And so I think at a higher level of, of, of spiritual and epistemological uh, development, we have to realize it's not just how we feel, right? All Gnostic cults, Gnostic sex cults, and all these pagan cults and rituals, Dionysian festivals and all that, it's all about amping you up and giving you the, the feelings that feel good. And what happens when they're, uh, they're, very, uh, they're very strong or they seem very compelling? Doesn't that just all the more divert us from, from something higher? And we could zoom out and say, you know, MK Ultra, what was MK Ultra, if not psychedelics and how to repattern people and ultimately uh, create religions, right? M new mystery religions. I, I, I just, just to jump in there, just, to, you know, on that note, something that's been on my mind a lot is independent media, alternative media. And how, you know, as we started talking about the bad guys, the new world order, the globalists, the Luciferians, right? The bad guys. And then there's us, right? Um, there's, I've noticed a strain now in independent media, um, alternative media, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm not big on, you know, using particular terms, but within now alternative media, everything that you're just laying out, I'm starting to see this. I'm starting to see within some of the alternative media them pushing precisely this idea which is kind of making me it's 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 unnerving they're they're promoting um ex a lot of this stuff taking psychedelics and playing the bongos and 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 uh you know and it's like aren't we supposed to be fighting the bad guys but you guys are like swallowing their ideology it's like they're being duped i mean have you seen this any any thoughts on that well it certainly wouldn't be the first time right if you, you say it looks like they're being duped right it's like we've we've escaped one illusion only to to fall into another and i think that's the that's where this higher spiritual uh question i think is important right we we do want to take a dispassionate distance from ourselves and uh you know potentially whatever are our illusions and i, I just as a as a heuristic here that i i like for myself uh, if we're talking about like because we do need a spiritual journey i would say if we're going to to fight this stuff right and you know as ephesians says for what we struggle against is not flesh and blood uh, but powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and so you know the 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 other danger as tim dylan also you know he has a great skit it's it's uh, about the QAnon stuff. You're sort of if you're just living in a regular quote unquote normie life, right? And then what happens? You discover that pedophile rings and like Epstein stuff uh, controls the highest corridors of power. What happened? Their minds melted, right? It, it it was overload. And so I would advance the the idea that the problem is not so much that people uh, can't understand evil, such as that we we lack a deeper sense of the good a clear idea of the good within ourselves right what it means for every individual to be made in the image of god right what does that really mean to the degree that that's not clear and sort of like a foundation right they say that faith is the rock uh, if they don't have that then obviously a lot of this stuff is overwhelming so i do think it, it helps to uh, we do want to be aware right and observe and it's you know, it's normal. You know, you see some people, they know things are screwed up, but they're afraid to to go too far down a rabbit hole. And, you know, you can't fully blame them in a sense that, you know, you go down a rabbit hole, next thing you know, you're in like QAnon or Scientology, right? You, you part some new sex cult or something. So how do we uh, go embark on that spiritual off-road journey uh, where we can navigate these things and and keeping in mind just a few simple truths, right? That being able to ask ourselves, is this an imitation or is this the real thing? 
this feels like the real thing, but does that mean it is? And so I like the idea that God is the absolute absence of all contradictions. And every time we remove an illusion about ourselves, about others or the world, we move closer to God, closer to the real thing and to our own deeper self. And if we get excited about that, right, if, if there's an enthusiasm about that, um, knowing God, right, knowing ourselves, these first two, you know, when Christ was asked most important uh, commandments, he said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so you, you got to have, you got to know God and you got to know yourself. And if we love that, if we're truly passionate about that and seeing that in other people, right, even when they don't see it, right, even when they're f- like fully patterned, right, we know there's something deeper and they just have a lot of outside voices drowning out that deeper inner voice. We want to speak to that deeper inner voice, right? I think if we do that, it's a different kind of conversation. Just to go back for a moment, you mentioned Huxley and, and uh, was it the, the Moksha? Uh, I think the Starbucks Mocha would be a great example. Uh, that'd be That's today's a- Moksha. But it's it's strange because I've I've actually never heard of Huxley's The Island, and I'm like I I, I got to buy this book now. I I no, no you know number one, do you, why do you think it's not as well known as as Brave New World? And number two. I mean, I, my, my view that is these, these people like Eric Blair Orwell or, or Huxley that may, they may not necessarily have been against these, these projects. I mean, somehow they were privy to all of this. They were, they were part of some of, of these elite circles because everything they flashed out has, is coming to pass. So, um, just your, your thoughts on why the island isn't as well known. And then, uh, you know, was, was Huxley desiring the world of the island? Yeah, I mean, we can even read a quote just to give people wet people's palates. But yeah, I think the island is so important. It's and it's I'm surprised, actually, you're asking the same question. I kind of ask how come people don't aren't familiar with the island. You know, everybody's like, ah, brave new world. We're in a brave new world. Um, but if we see the, the the current shift in the culture, right, the counterculture, it's no longer sex, drugs and rock and roll. I mean, that kind of became the culture and it morphed as anything would. Uh, but it's really the psychedelics, the spirituality, and, um, you know, like in the island, they have, uh, it's a global village of sorts, right? With a medley of, of religious rituals, meditation, uh, awareness, right? Mindfulness. So you have a squawking bird that says, attention, attention, uh, to keep, to keep you present. Now that's not bad, right? But it's how it's done, right? So if that's being given to you so that you are diverted from, from something deeper, right? And including we talked about uh, duality, right? That is there a duality or not? Is there good and evil? If we're told, what if somebody tried to convince most people there's no duality, right? Do as thou wilt, just follow your higher self journey. And yeah, just, just do psychedelics and become spiritual. Is that an imitation or is that the real thing? So I'd say the reason that uh, the island is maybe less well-known is because it's actually a difficult uh, read in the sense that it's full of of big spiritual paradoxes and philosophical questions. And, you know, if we read Huxley's The Perennial Philosophy, Huxley is is very intelligent. He's read all the mystics, all the Christians, sort of uh, Eastern and Western. And when you see him talk about the soul, about free will, He's using very powerful quotes by, you know, church fathers, saints, uh, you know, Eastern mystics. It's it's very compelling. And so in the island, a lot of it does sound good because he and, and, and it's hard to discern whether it's evil or not, because he's he's making critiques that are are legitimate about like, let's say we talk about Christianity, Judeo-Christian culture or civilization. But there's a difference between like cult, uh, cultural Christianity or like cultural Catholicism or cultural orthodoxy versus the real thing, right? So the cultural is kind of like, you know, we have the idea of the hypocrites, people, they, they don't even really, you know, read the Bible or study the things, but they're very righteous, right? They're very, they get very amped up. 
over images. So we have the idea of the the fundamentalist cult, which were, of course, I mean, if we go down that rabbit hole, spread by the bad guys, right? So it's not the real thing. They don't have the deeper. Uh, a lot of people, they're they're not going based on the actual uh, the actual epistemological sort of. Uh, nature, true nature of these ideas, they're going based on feeling, right? And so they emote with the image of Christ, they emote with the image of Christianity. And so if you say we're going to fight godless communism, everybody's sort of gun ho, right? We got to go to war with China, right? These are communists, right? These are godless. There's no, there's nothing behind their eyes, right? They, they, they don't believe in God. You can manipulate people hard with that. And that's actually how, for most of history, it was that, right? So I, I think it's more, uh, these are big questions, right? People are like, oh, the problem is we have no religion today and like otherwise things would be better. Uh, yes, or maybe no in this, or yes, abs- in absolute terms, yes. But there was a lot of religion for a very long time. And if you see the way people were manipulated, it's not different than today with behavioral science and nudging, right? If you induce, invoke the image of Christianity and goodness, and you frame others as foreign threats, which are are threatening that, and they don't believe the same thing you do. If somebody's not spiritually and epistemologically developed, it's pure tribal mode, right? Bad guys versus good guys. And you just, you do crusades, right? We need to reclaim the Holy Land. We need to fight the terrorist Arabs. So Huxley's getting to the deeper metaphysical sort of problems and questions. But how you approach those questions, right? What does it mean to uh, act in the image of, of, of God, right? To be in the image of God. If man is in the image of God, should he not do godly things? That's a question that, depending on how you're thinking about it, can lead to two different routes, right? Evil transhumanist Prometheus, Frankenstein monsters that you want to just make into your image, or the idea that, yeah, Man has a creative spark, has a divine spark, and it's each of our responsibility to to get in touch with that, right? To commune with that regularly, and that's how we're creative. That's how we get a sense of what uh, real love is, right? Agape, as opposed to uh, you know eros, which is often another switch, right? The, the, that there's no the cults will say that agape higher christian love however much you socratize it they'll say this was like in the renaissance that's how they'd say it you can socratize all these nice virtues and ideas as much as you want but ultimately it's just neurosis you're just sublimating your erotic urges and desires and turning them into something else and that's all da vinci was that's all saint Teresa was and so that's that's another evil right it's they're acknowledging certain things, but then they're saying, but actually, it's not really this, it's that. So if we go into the spiritual rabbit holes, I think we need to be equipped to to make those distinctions, the real thing from imitations. And Huxley's The Island is, is like the perfect uh, book for that, because it is, Huxley's actually, very, he's very intelligent. I have more respect for him after reading this, because I didn't know that he understood all these deeper questions, but all the more then I think, well, I wonder that might mean he's even more evil than I thought in the sense that he really does get some of the deeper things, but he's chosen to do something else with it. And that's, that's disturbing. I'm, you know, after talking to you, I'm going to have to put in, I'm going to put in an order for a bunch of physical copies of brave new world and the island and the other book from Huxley. And uh, I'm going to have to end up blocking off a few weeks of time, no podcasts and just, um, uh, doing a deep dive again. You're going to love it. Yeah. And, um, I, 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 I didn't want to ask. So you, the, the, ti- the title of the article is escaping Huxley's Island, um, scientific paganism. And so you, you're defining, I think this, the ideology of of the evil that we're facing you know and there there are many i kind of put it into one blob um we've identified like the the main 
culprits. We mentioned that earlier, you know, the World Economic Forum, their project Great Reset, right. the elites, their their eugenicists, their Malthusian, um, you know, the the United Nations and the system they want to impose, you know, I talk about it a lot, the algorithm ghetto, technocracy, scientific dictatorship. You you also use the term scientific paganism. It's it's pagan, it's tyrannical, it's totalitarian. Um they you know it's it's uh, you know e eugenicist and so uh, would you agree with that and then to get more into what they're trying to implement because in your article just to read a few quotes you say quote as we approach a new critical juncture in the history of western civilization which involves regularly priming individuals with the idea of an end to the age of abundance and constant doomsday predictions warning of biblical floods and fires unless mankind repents for its sins against mother nature which or we should give uh, careful consideration to the latest fad of psychedelic infused spirituality currently being presented to western audiences you also say that um they sensed that the time for a new humanist religion based on intelligence, good natured pluralism, and scientific paganism had uh, uh, arrived. Uh, you know, a new, more sustainable Gaia centric ecological ethic, uh, and, and and so forth. So, you know, n number one, w would you say we can all put put this together as their philosophy: scientific paganism, scientific dictatorship, and technocracy, and then. Um, uh, how, how do you see are, are they succeeding in, in in implementing it yeah and i mean even as i hear that right and i i i ruminated on what that really means right scientific paganism and it's like well wait paganism and mysticism how are we bunching that up with like cybernetics and like technocracy and and computers right which is all logic and very sort of it's all digitized there's no spirit really involved in that so how do we have these this mystical dimension to it and i think that's actually that's actually a good place to to go deep because it seems paradoxical so then what but when we get in and we start to make distinctions right the the technocratic system basically cybernetics is about feedback loops right so this goes back to cybernetics is like the the cult religion for the managerial class and the image that as a Matthew Eret, my friend uh, who you've also interviewed, he, he just gave the example from Norbert Wiener, which is the, just imagine the, the old like Viking ship with all the rowers and heave ho. Everybody doing the rowing, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Everybody's just there. It's our compart modern compartmentalized bureaucracy right everybody's just doing a little task and if you don't know you ask from on high up and you get directives right only the helmsman right the cybernetician netic technician uh, has knowledge of navigation of the stars and so people are just getting little discrete packets of information uh none of which individually would ever be enough to 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 make up understand how to navigate the constellations and so that way you can steer society cybernetically uh, through these feedback loops and just giving everybody these discrete uh packets of information and people are just these these nodes or these cogs in the machine but it's still guided by a spiritual vision of sort a wicked one but it's guided by a vision of what man should be Right. And how do we make man into this uh, this thing that is not we'll say for it's not Christian. Right. It's not it's not classical Western civilization. It's certainly not uh, platonic either. Right. It's which is also the foundational to Western civilization. Uh, so why paganism? They're they're referring to pre-classical Greek man. So before there was a unitary soul, a notion of a unitary soul. Uh, you have the gods, right? And depending on what kind of person you are and your your different organs, you have different temperaments and you're possessed by different things, right? And they, Huxley, he has a long lecture series called uh, Oh, What a Piece of Work Man Is, which is from Hamlet. Uh, and it's nine parts and it's Huxley going into like his, all, all the work that he's been doing. And the idea is that the pre 
classical Greek notion of man, of pagan man, is, yeah, there are many things and we're, we can be possessed by different things at times. Sometimes you're possessed by Eros. Sometimes you're possessed by the Muses. Sometimes you're possessed by rage, right? So one of the gods, and you don't have full control over that. And there's a famous scene in the Iliad that Huxley references where Achilles loses his mind, as he was wont to do, has a like a fit. And he said, uh, because he got mad over, you know, they took the girl and it was his concubine and all that. And he said, I'm sorry, I didn't know what got into me. You know, I was possessed. But rather than his friend being like, yeah, you were a total asshole. He said, such are the gods, you know, the way the gods work. I understand, you know, in the sense that, hey, the gods are just like that. So free will is the other thing that wasn't really there. And that's the other thing they want to abolish. Free will, right? Through conditioning, reflex conditioning, and repatterning, you have to get rid of free will, which is a central to a, you know Christian civilization, Western civilization. You have to get rid of the unitary conception of the soul, so that there's just many warring influences. And then you can start to repattern people, right? Because their image of themselves uh, is is very different. Like the implications are are far reaching if we don't have a soul, and we're now thinking of allowing different um, divine gods and influences to 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 come into us. And so shamanism is a big one, and we'll hear this, right? I mean, people are going hog wild with this psychedelics and shamanism. So the shaman is the guy who who is the leader, right? And he has the divine in him. The idea of the shamanism is uh, that that the, the the divine comes from within instead of the gods coming into him. The gods are it's kind of already there, and under rituals and stuff, he'll release it, and it will you know he will heal you. He's the medicine man, right? He's going to get rid of all your neurosis. He's going to get rid of your depression. He's got the medicines, the drugs, and the dance and the rituals to or the bongos uh, to to ha- allow you to have a cathartic experience and to and to purge your your bad emotions. So now that that idea can go in all sorts of different ways, right? Like yes, catharsis. It is can be good if you've had trauma, right? Grieving. That's the second beatitude, though, in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who grieve, for they will be consoled. So the idea of weeping and crying or whatnot when something bad happens to you, that's fine. But if you start to use people's pain and you say, here, so we're going to do this transformative, shamanesque, uh, psychedelic process to cure your depression. The thing is, psychedelics is about uh, it's about divorcing oneself from, from, uh, past memories. You, you, you have an emotional distance that's created with the past. And so the idea is you can move on. But the question is, if you can, then you can change how people are hardwired emotionally to their sense of self, and you can divorce them from that. Then you can give them a new self through suggestion. Right. And so this is where hypnosis is really it's been a natural thing, as Huxley and these psychologists will observe, like all these rituals, the dance, like all this stuff has a hypnotic element to it, a trance element. And that's how you can get into the deeper psyche. So that's that's how you create cults. Right. So here we're going to fix you. You're depressed. Uh, We'll give you drugs, whatever kind. and will you'll be new and you'll have a new spirituality you'll have a new identity that's what mk ultra was looking at <laughs> and that's what the manson family stuff is is also about right this was all carefully studied how you create families groups art new groups and the, the rituals and the practices that uh they can do to to create these new uh connections it's it's um interesting that the day we had this talk scheduled um this same morning uh, i got a message from lisa logan who i've had a man tnt show shout out to her she does great work and she just uncovered uh, the un is now discussing 
I mean, for me, this is just mind boggling. Boggling. This is just accelerating so fast. Uh, the UN is now discussing. I haven't even had time to look at the the, the, the videos she she's posted from the official sources. UN inner development goals. So we've got sustainable development goals, and now inner development goals. And a lot of the stuff you've talked about, I just saw short clips. This is what the, these UN experts are discussing, and it's basically. Helena Blavatsky's theosophy and Alice Bailey's Luciferianism, like they're coming out into the open now because, you know, the whole Lutz's Trust, Alice Bailey stuff has always been in the background. They're part of, they're officially part of ECOSOC, a part of the UN. And I, I feel like they're that influence behind the UN and this scientific paganism and global government that they're trying to push. But at some point, you know, to realize the global government, all this stuff has to come out into the open. You know, the, the, the velvet glove has to come off and show the iron fist. At some point, if you're going to truly attempt to impose this world empire, and it's quite shocking now that UN inner development goals. Um, and so, you know, and, and any thoughts uh, on, on, on that? And you also talk about the Pope. The Pope is in on it again today. I'm reading the news that the, the, the Pope, he just... Uh, uh, it says Pope Francis has expressed openness to Catholic blessings blessings for same-sex couples under the condition they're not confused with marriage ceremonies and what would be a watershed moment for the global Catholic Church. So again, not very Catholic or um, Christian. And you say for yeah. Fra Francis, as as for the World Economic Forum um, and Europe's hereditary blue bloods, the, this Promethean vision is old and obsolete, what we were talking about before. And so... They want to erase the Promethean and Renaissance idea of man as endowed with a divine creative spark, which allows him to master knowledge of, of fire and become what what you were discussing, these basically moldable clay by this new system. And so um, your, your thoughts on the UN inner development goals, um, okay. the, the Pope. Um, and again, you, you, you talk about how saving Mother Earth today takes the form of humanity's collective decision to either adopt the supranational and legally binding governance structures of the UN, you know, COP26 and the WEF's circular economy. And for me, that's that. That's the final revolution, as Huxley said. It's it's installing the world government, the, the legal framework, the economic, um, you know, control grid, uh, the technological con control grid. And so uh, your thoughts on some of these developments. Yeah, I mean, in... We, we mentioned at the beginning of the simple truth. I think that the simple truth here is that they're trying to trick mankind into relinquishing the Promethean fire, giving it up with the idea that you'll be happier without it, right? You'll be happier with Western without Western industrial technology. Uh, you'll be happier in, in a global village uh, where you can actually be spiritual and get in touch with your deeper self. And so they, they can't just destroy science directly, right? So the, 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 the modus operandi for evil is always to, to, to subvert it from within, right? So this is where you see the parapsychology, the mysticism, the occult mysticism, uh, the Gnosticism, right? The, the Gnosis and uh, really, you know, it's becoming like, it's just promotion of Gnostic sex cults, right? You open relationships, DMT, and bongos like that's the ideal right if it's like wh what's the ideal now you know no more families no more uh scientific culture uh no more classical art you instead what's your purpose right well you're you can transcend spiritually and work on your uh attaining higher and higher levels of consciousness and this will you know then you get an experience of the mystical and that's that's the sleight of hand that you you it's creating a new religion based on just tweaking uh, the image of man and making the Promethean fire you could say right the idea that man has uh, is able to make discoveries of natural law and principles and when you do that you're actually you're discovering God's creation right so the, the more you learn about uh, the way the actual universe works naturally and the way it's designed naturally, that's going to increase your ability uh, to do good. And of course, if it falls into bad hands, it will increase the ability of bad guys to pervert it.
But that gets back to the same simple truth, which is that what's guiding you, what's guiding us, right? What's guiding the bad guys? What's the the underlying intention? And the underlying intention, whether the Pope coming out against Prometheus directly, he said that Christianity was mistakenly, there was a, a mistaken interpretation of Christianity, which associated with the Promethean uh, idea. And instead of Prometheus, it's Gaia, right? It's Mother Earth. And so Mother Earth is sacred. And so it's all about like compassion and, and, and collective sacrifice, right? For a higher good, right? So it's very perverse in that sense uh, when we see how they're framing it, right? They're just trying to reframe images and have us emote with those images. And so that's the, I think at the end of the day, that's the issue that uh, if we just go on feeling, right? If we live in a society that is governed uh, simply by a pleasure and pain, right? You, you, you have positive affectations, positive relationships with somebody, that person's good. You have bad experience with somebody, that person must be bad. That person said something you didn't like that made you feel bad. Well, they're a bad person. Plato talked about this. This is what he called uh, the democratic man in his Republic. And the democratic man is on the lower uh, half of the spectrum where you have the oligarchs, the Democrats, and the tyrants. The Democrats are the ones that are determined by opinion, which is doxa in Greek. So they live, the lower half of the world is, is opinion. The oligarchs are the ones who can control the shadows on the cave wall and shape opinion. The democratic man is, 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 is demos, is the mob, the rabble, right? So what does the demos think? What is the opinion of, of, of the demos? And so that's, if you have that, then if, if, if most of society is just that, then it's just a question of repatterning the affectations, right? How do we make uh, euthanasia? look sexy, right? It's your, it's compassion, right? If you get people to emote with the suffering, this person can barely breathe. This person is this, this is how much pain they have every day. You get people to feel all that in their body. And then you say, would you want to, you know, feel all that? Of course, the person's like, no, I don't want to feel that. And so we need to be compassionate. So that's a modern example, but th this is, this is all it is. So it's very, I'd say, um, cynical and evil because you see that they really just see human beings as animals, as beasts, uh, you know, and it's just reflex conditioning. There's no higher truth that we can, can, can attain through a, a higher sort of epistemological and spiritual development, which spills into science and it spills into art, right? When you have that, if you look at greatest, some of the greatest art, it always involves these big spiritual paradoxes, whether Dante's comedy, you know, Shakespeare's plays, it's always big questions. And in science, it's the same thing, big questions and confronting these paradoxes such that if we start asking things a different way than we had thought of, sometimes we generate a new idea, right? We generate, generate a solution. That's a mystery. How that actually happens, like we we don't know, right? Like we don't we can't account for all that. The muses, how does poetry and inspiration come to us? Those are the real mysteries. Um, but so if you obscure that, which was made clear during the Renaissance and other times, you get a sense of why you get a sense of the evil, right? That they're just they're just trying to condition people so that you can't think in terms of concepts. And, and, and discern qualitative differences between kinds of ideas and kinds of images. And so it's just how you feel. You pick the thing that you like. And that's the democratic man. And that's how our society is, is ruled today. Yeah, I, what came to mind was the MAID program in Canada, the, the euthanasia program. And a story I read recently, a case of a Canadian man in his 30s or 40s, young man, you know, he's got pain. I'm not able to judge the extent of that pain, but um, they're, they're lowering the lowering now. They're lowering and lowering the threshold 
for people to sign themselves up for extermination by the state, you know, to, down to 18 year olds. Basically, if you if you feel bad, you know, we're going to help you. You know, let's let's, you know, take you out back. I mean, that's that's the short way of, of saying it. And so and then people are falling for it. As you said, they keep duping us in, in many different ways. That's just one example. What you explained about the um, the, the democratic man, it, you know, to the to the to a T, it's the liberal globalist woke class today, where you can't even have a conversation. You know, immediately they disagree with you, canceled. They shout at you, bye. You know, and so um, I think it's a perfect example today uh, of that. And so, you know, a- any other thoughts uh, as well as h- how do how should we respond? How should we fight against you know uh the the scientific pagan dictatorship right i mean i think that's the question really and i i think that's where it actually gets more exciting you know like the 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 bad guys aren't they're clever but they're not wise right i think we have to make a distinction between uh somebody who's very clever and somebody who's genuinely wise and the idea of philosophy philosophia is the love of wisdom not the love of cleverness so the lower half is the oligarchs who manipulate the images the opinion the world of doxa the democrats are themselves the ones who believe in the doxa because the higher priests and oligarchs don't really believe that right Uh, and then there's tyrants who kind of come in when everything sort of because a world ruled by opinion will ultimately it's not anchored in anything real right it's not anchored in truth so at a certain point the foundation is going to give way. And then you get somebody who just believes in pure force. And these are the fascists. Uh, This is like a lot of the alt-right stuff. I don't want to paint everything as that. But if you see the, you know, Bronze Age uh, mindset, I don't know if you're familiar with that. This is very, it's interesting. Like it's, it's, you know, but it really is a trying to make fascism look sexy for, for young people, you know, encouraging just like every other PSYOP, you're speaking to 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 think legitimate grievances, right? Young people, uh, especially guys, feel uh, disenfranchised. They're disenchanted. The world is shitty, and so you're being this given this idea of like strength and and virtue and honor, uh, but it's what they're doing with it. So just to say that's an uh, that's another imitation. But the higher trigram. What is the what is the higher the other side? Uh, Plato lists the democratic souls the aristocratic souls and the philosophical souls. And I do think it's useful to, it's useful to have frameworks, right? We don't want to turn this into a a, a religious dogma, but the democratic soul is motivated by honor, right? And justice. So you have, it's, that's a visceral thing for you, right? You, you feel that uh, we should be doing good. Justice is something that must be upheld. There's a higher natural law. And we want society to 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 mirror that uh, as uh, ever less imperfectly, right? We'll never get to a perfectly just society, but we can always get better. And that's actually that's the good news. Like progress is infinite in that sense. The aristocratic souls are the ones who are enthusiastic about truth and 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 the soul and getting at you know understanding reality, and they they get excited about ideas. And they're playful, right? Like science is is a lot of play. It's thought experiments. You're testing out ideas. You're you're making mistakes. You're asking. You're trying to ask different kinds of questions. You're not beholden to the standard model, right? You're not just uh, a slave following rules, which is how our modern education system is sort of organized, right? You reproduce the answers on the test, and you're rewarded. And if you advance, if you don't, you're punished and you fail. And so it's just reward and punishment, right? It's, it's, it's pure democratic dog training at the end of the day. And so the, the aristocratic souls, Aristo means excellence. So you, you truly uh, get excited about pursuing the real thing and being able to make the distinction between all these imitations that we're describing and getting closer to the real thing, right? In that direction. We're always, we can always go further in the right way, uh, but we should be able to, you know, if we see we're doing something or see someone else like, Hey, you know, Billy, you're going the wrong way. 
You know, you, we don't have to judge or go crazy uh, dogmatic, but it's like, are we going the right way? Or is this, you know, somebody has a problem. It's like, that's clearly not the right way, uh, right direction, right? We should be able to do that. And then the philosophical souls are the ones who are passionate about creating uh, more philosophical souls, more aristocratic souls, and more timocratic souls, right? They're not. And so this, it makes me think, for me, I think of it as the idea of uh, charity, caritas, as well, uh, in Christianity, that you're not, you're not pursuing philosophy or truth for some sort of like status or glory or honor even, uh, but you're pursuing it because you love truth, right? You, you, you love the real thing and you love seeing it uh, flourish in other people and, and develop, and that forces you to develop it in yourself, right? Because if you, if you don't know how to, if we don't know how to develop it in ourselves, how are we going to speak to it and find ways to, to develop it in others? Recognizing that each of us is unique. So like, we're not talking to uh, robots, right? We, we have to see the real person and, and understand, and then we can uh, be creative about how we go about that. So I think that's, you know, and this is my friend Kwani also, um, who also gives lectures for Matt's Rising Tides. He made the point enthusiasm. How do we fight this? With genuine enthusiasm for beauty, truth, and goodness. Uh, we don't need to, we don't want to argue with people, right? I've gotten into so many arguments. Like, I'm not saying this is like a, uh, I'm, I'm good. I like, I've, I've transcended that. Like, but we get into so many arguments, right? With people tit for tat. And so how do we uh, bypass that, right? And, and find, pose the right paradoxes, pose the right questions and let people sort of make a discovery for themselves. You know, I think that's a lot more powerful. I, I've, I've learned the hard way, right? I think we all have at some point, um, you know, just, we can't convince people, right? Trying to strong arm people, it, it doesn't work. But as Augustine said, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose and it'll defend itself. And I think that's exciting. Yeah, and I, I think these are uh, great, as you say, prescriptions. Um, again, very timely. I came across this uh, uh, meme today, yesterday, from someone I follow who follows me, the Daily Lama. In this world of lies, spread as much truth as you can, and you know, as you say, be enthusiastic uh, about it. And I've sort of lost—I don't have time and energy to to debate and um, or, or argue, let's say. And, and I just kind of like—I put my thing out there, take it or leave it. As you say, the truth will truth is like a lion. One of my recent podcasts on the social credit system. There's a whole bunch of people um, attacking myself and my guests. For our views uh, on that, and it's just like I think that's a perfect example of what you're uh, talking about. And, and, and in any case, David, then uh, if you got any final thoughts for us, uh, and then let us know where are the best places for people to follow your work. Well, I mean, again, thanks for having me. And I mean, I I think I, I would leave it on that on this question of enthusiasm and you know allowing ourselves to to get in touch with that deeper thing. And again, every time we, God is the absolute absence of all contradictions. So every time we remove an illusion about ourselves, about others, and the world, we move closer to the real thing. And Schiller actually has uh, an emotion for that. He has a name for that. Like, what do you feel when you, you tear an illusion away from yourself? It's not necessarily a, a nice feeling, right? Like, it's, there, there has to be some pain right? When we're sort of divorcing ourselves from things that we had held or believed and emoted with for so long, that's normal. Uh, so he calls it the sublime. And I think if we look at a lot of great art, Schiller's talking about art, the sublime in art. And he gives the example of uh, Odysseus in the, in the Odyssey, in the arms of Calypso, the goddess Calypso. And, you know, she's, she's a, a divine babe, we'll call her. And so he says that Odysseus, you know, thinks he's, he's in the arms of the real thing. He's in the arms of voluptuousness. But then he hears a higher calling in, in the voice of mentor, which is Athena. And he rips himself out of her embrace, throws himself into the sea, and he is free. 
And so this idea of the sublime is, is that it's a mixed feeling. It's, it can be scary, but it's actually way more uh, rewarding and exciting, right? Than all the other stuff. And so I try and practice emoting with that. You know, there are higher emotions and they all take work. Uh, but I try to emote with those and look at great art that has this sublime uh, Promethean quality. I find that always sort of gets me in the zone. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. So uh, symbolically speaking, we all need to um, rip ourselves away and 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 jump into the to the ocean. It's been I read that um, it's been about thirty years since I read that uh, book. But in any case, uh, your links will be in the description. So uh, you know, age everyone... of muses is my Substack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that your your website, uh, podcast, and twitter and everything else so everyone be sure to subscribe and bookmark uh david's channels and thank you for being on geopolitics and empire thank you i hope you enjoyed this geopolitics and empire podcast the website is geopoliticsandempire.com and i encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines the newsletter and website are our last lines of defense we're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find geopolitics and empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit and Twitter take down posts. And after the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our pro account. The best free way to help Geopolitics and Empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.